You're now listening to J House Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Wine be the gang and you know them niggas Boot it up, turned up, piped up I'm back, baby, where the love at? I'm back, baby, where the love at? Yo, bro. Third time's the charm, I guess. Third time's the charm. Sorry about that, man. Sorry. All good. But yeah, man, uh, bro, I think I'm upset right now because... I'm upset too Miami. because you're slacking on your diet. Look, I allow myself a little bit of pleasure every once in a while. I swear, cheat meals are the biggest load of BS ever. That's just voluntarily taking two steps back. Ah, at least it was a small, it was only a few fries. It was only a few. <laughs> it was only a few. I just, <laughs> I just see people all the time, they're like, yeah, I ran on the treadmill for 20 minutes today, so I'm going to eat this whole cake. What? No, that does <laughs> not, uh-uh. Those, those don't cancel out. No, they don't. They all do right. not cancel. All right, bro, but you're upset. Tell me why. Well, it's it's not so much as that I'm upset as I am. I just want to be able to have civil political discourse. You know what I'm saying? Without all this toxicity and like, you know, all this unnecessary stuff, because I feel like we've just gotten to a point right now where it's just like, I'm just being real. It's just like nobody wants facts anymore like nobody wants to do their research nobody wants to double check anything everyone is so quick to just take the first thing they see and run along with it and take that as fact even when it's not and so and so really I've just been observing you know Trump's candidacy Trump's presidency the whole thing okay and so like the thing about it for me is that, oh, and before we begin, look, if you're not grown enough or mature enough to handle political discourse and talk, this is not the podcast for you. Just go ahead and get off right now. If you're going to be toxic and say, oh, Trump did this and all, all that mess, you know what I'm saying? Don't. Okay. So look, this is America, right? And I'm coming to, I'm coming to the audience as a black man. I'm, a, I'm an African-American guy. I'm 22 years old. I'm young. Okay, I'm married to a uh, Caucasian woman, for those who don't know. So don't come with me with any mess. But this is America, right? And we do have freedom of speech. Now, given that freedom of speech doesn't mean you can say whatever you want to say and don't think you're going to get the consequences of what you say, per se. Like if racists use that example or use the Constitution as an excuse to say all the vile things they say, that's not the context. The context is is that you have the freedom to express your view or opinion. And so what I'm seeing is that a lot of the times on social media, definitely, since this is the medium that we're sort of like expressing political discourse in, I'm seeing so much hate for someone who may not have a certain kind of view that someone else has, you know, and maybe this sort of ties into 
our previous um, podcast concerning, you know, fair and unfair criticisms, which I think it does kind of. But like, let's apply that same conversation to the political arena. And so I just think that there is so there's so much that that needs to be said, but sometimes you just can't say it because if you do, you know, or you post it, you know, you may even have some of your own friends and family get mad at you and get pissed at you because of maybe a political view you expressed. You know what I'm saying? And and I hate to say this, but this is a true thing I've noticed. Let me get this off my chest. Just because Donald Trump may have has well, definitely has that's fact has a lot of racist people that claim to support him does not automatically deem Donald Trump as a racist because the man has denounced racism and the KKK live on TV. That's on video. Look that up on YouTube. And, you know, yeah, in North Carolina, when that whole incident happened, did he say that there were good people on both sides? Yes, he did. But, I mean, of course, this is Donald Trump. He's going to say some stupid things. But a lot of people, I think, are just choosing to slander the guy, and they're not paying attention to the policies. They're not paying attention to what he's doing. You know, you got you got a whole you got my people out there, you know, talking like, oh, well, Trump ain't never did nothing for the black community. Trump has done a lot. People just the news or the media is not going to acknowledge that, though. Not now. (laughs) Not at this moment, because (laughs) I mean, you know what kind of environment we're in. I mean, the guy signed the uh, the First Step Act, which released a lot of people from jail for crimes that aren't even you know, that serious, a lot of those people being black too. Um, you can fact that check, fact check that with Angela Stanton, who's a um, Congress, a person who's running for Congress. She's awesome. Um, but yeah, so what are your thoughts on this whole deal now that I've sort of just established the lay? Because this conversation can lead to multiple streams, especially talking about I'm politics. Gonna keep, oh, I, I'm going to choose today for for just for the sake of keeping everything in one topic just for that sake um i'm gonna choose not to address donald trump directly and give my direct views on him whether they're positive or negative Uh, but i do want to focus on the first half of what you were talking about okay with what you were talking about with uh how there's conversations that just can't be had anymore Mm. and i'm going to it a step further than you because you used it as uh, political. We can't have political I'm going to take it a step further. We can't have any discourse anymore no matter what you're talking about. I see Mm. people online cussing each other out over movies and different tastes in movies and and, uh, you know don't even get me started on religion. That's even That's even worse. That's worse. Uh, I've been saying for a long time now that the art of good conversation is all but dead. Right. It really is. And and I believe that 
the First Amendment is one of the greatest gifts that we have in this nation. I really do. I think that's an amazing thing we have because when you look at countries like North Korea who don't have that same right and they can't yeah. say everything they want to say out of fear of government oppression, yeah. you know, for us to have that right, that's a blessing. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to throw this really negative caveat in there. The First mm -hmm. Amendment is absolutely useless if we don't know how to listen and really mm. listen to what people are actually saying. Because let me ask mm. you, Eric, what, what, good, what good is it to talk to somebody? I mean, let me ask you, Eric, if you met somebody and you, you talked to them and you knew they were never going to listen to anything you said, would you talk to them again? No. no absolutely not. Like, if you knew <laughs> this person is not going to listen to me, why talk to them? And people now, I mean, I've come to realize people, it's not even so much a, I think it's more of a listening problem than it is a uh, conversation. But people just don't listen anymore. I think people, yeah. once they meet somebody and that person says the phrase, I don't agree. Whatever the person says after that, the person immediately cuts their ears off. The ears are shut off once they hear the phrase, I don't agree, or right. you're wrong. They don't hear right. anything past that. And I think now, because see, used to, the way this worked is, okay, we got two people. We disagree on something. Why do you mm. look at it this way? And then there's that discussion to be had about, well, this is how I see it. How do you mm -hmm. see it? All right, and then there's a little bit of respect there. I mean, you don't have to walk away agreeing, but you're yeah. like, okay, I may not agree, but I kind of get where they're coming from. I understand you. Right. But now we're at the point, those same two people having that conversation, uh, it goes straight from disagreement to insults. Right. Uh, and, and this will be the most political statement I make the whole day, and I'm going to leave it at this. I think the most disrespectful thing and now I'm speaking as a white man, so Eric, you'll have to tell me what this means to you as a black man. All right. Uh, when I heard Joe Biden say, if you have issues trying to figure out who to vote for me or Donald Trump, then you're not black. I, when I heard him say that, I just thought that was incredibly disrespectful because for me, I mean, because I'm saying I think, OK, number one, what even is being black? Right. What what, what is, does that even mean? Like out, outside of that being your skin color, what does that even mean? Uh, and so I heard, and I just thought it was incredibly disrespectful to say, since I'm a Democrat and you're black, you must vote for me. Now, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to get on a horse and talk about, you know, uh, I only brought that up in context of having discussions and saying yeah, that certain and saying that certain people must think certain ways. Um, yeah. But real quick, let me just get your thoughts on that comment. Um, I, I do agree with you. I did find what Joe Biden said to be very stereotypical and, and disrespectful. And before I expound on that point, I had to write down what you said, because that was very good. The First Amendment is useless unless we listen. We got a lot of people talking over each other 
and not listening. So like, I think that's one of the most awesome statements you've ever said. And I'm like, I'm gonna write that down and I'm tweeting that, you know, I'm tweeting that, that, that is a tweet. Um, but I mean, and we're right. But I mean, when you think about it, it's true. I mean, what good does it do us to have, like, I'm not going to waste my time talking to somebody who I know good and damn well, ain't going to listen. That's me. That's that, that is deliberately wasting your time. Yes. All right, go ahead. That's true. And, and as, as it ties into what Joe Biden said and establishing that side of it for, before I go in that, what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, I did not specifically state that I support Trump or anything like that. I would never tell anyone who I voted for unless I absolutely trust them. I'll never express who I voted for. You know what I'm saying? I'm just stating unbiased facts as I see them from both sides of the, uh, both sides of the Senate seat. So with that being said, yeah, I did find what Joe Biden said to be very disrespectful because I've grown up, you know, around that same mindset where like, Oh, you gotta, if you're black, you gotta vote Democrat. You know what I'm saying? And that was something that I had grown up with that I had seen that everybody just sort of ran with. Then I discovered, Oh, they're African-American conservatives as well. There are black people on the Republican side of things as well. And I'm like, Oh wow. And so it's sort of just become this, you know, thing where it's like, okay, you know, the, the, the Republican side, the conservatives have great things that I definitely agree with. And then on the other hand, the left may have some things that I agree with as well. And so just sort of taken from both sides, depending on what it is. But um, yeah, to be black is, I mean, it's a skin color, man, because there are so many, you know, there are so many different you know, classes of black people, so many different, you know, diversities of black people. You know what I'm saying? If you're only, if your only view of black people is that, you know, they all live in the ghetto and collect welfare and listen to rap music and wear Jordans, you got an issue. (laughs) You got a big issue if that's your perception of all black people. You have black people that are lawyers. You got black people that are doctors you got black people that are gamers you got black people that are you know nerds and stuff you got black people that come from all walks of life you know and so i think that now the the environment right now that we're in politically is that you know and this is not just joe biden's mindset this is a lot of black people's mindset as well you know they're expecting everyone to get to the polls this november and vote for Biden simply because he's democratic, you know what I'm saying? And, and from an unbiased standpoint, looking at it from both sides, I'm like, that's not necessarily the, 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 the most best thing, you know, that just because simply because y'all want to get Trump out the white house. I mean, to, and just, and, and because I'm, I'm, I got to, I just want to be honest, you know? Yeah. Trump's saying a lot of crazy things. He does a lot of crazy things, but the media still doesn't cover all the positive things either. They don't cover the the the, the bills and laws he signed. They don't they don't do any of that because I'm I'm gonna speak on that real quick. Though I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off. No, it's fine. It's fine. But, Go ahead. 
But, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with what you said, and the only reason that I had to cut you off is there's a lot there. Um, yeah, speak on it, bro. This is, this is discourse. Because everything you just said, it went both ways. Because right. there are now, and, and this ties into another conversation about journalism, because journalism today is anything but honest. There's really no such thing as an unbiased journalist, and it precedes yeah. the Donald Trump president. Yeah, because uh, I remember very well during the the Obama presidency, everything that Obama did in the eyes of CNN and MSNBC was great, but in yeah. the eyes of Fox News, it was bad. It now was- you flip that same. Now, now you flip that same script. Everything that Trump does, according to Fox News, is great, and it's the best thing we've ever had in this country since sliced bread. Yeah. Uh, if you ask CNN or MSNBC, that same uh, thing he did, okay, well, now Trump is Hitler. And that's right. another thing, too. I, w- I want to get into this, too, because I've noticed this. Yeah. And I think this is the biggest problem that people have. Because yeah. I think people nowadays think in terms of the extreme. Because mm. I hear people say things that are just absolutely insane and i'm thinking where how'd you even get like whenever i hear like i have friends of mine who don't like trump and if you don't like trump i totally get it that's cool like he's a i I was he's a hard dude to like fair enough sure but i have friends of mine who compare trump to hitler and i'm thinking if i was jewish i would slap the shit out of you right now for saying something that stupid for saying something like that. Uh, people say things now that are just so extreme. Like, yeah. And I'm thinking we've gotten to the point now where people have said so many extreme things that it, it's just commonplace. Nobody yeah. even notices them anymore. Nobody even pays it any attention because it's just what we're accustomed to. Right. Um, but, the, but the biggest point of this is I don't know if I've ever referred or talked about the point of identity politics before i don't think you have touch on it touch on it well and basically this same thing can be applied to everything not just politics but movies you like or your religion whatever yeah uh well actually with religion it's kind of different because religion actually does make up who someone is so i'll leave that one be we'll leave religion out of it because that's a whole nother ball game but in terms of politics and everything else Used to, people were just like, when someone said, I'm a Democrat, it just meant this is how I think the country should work. Right. And then attack on what they believed back then was just that. It's an attack on what they think could work. Right, right. But now, due to identity politics, every disagreement now is seen as personal. Yeah. Everything is taken it's taken personally. People act like they just said something bad about their family whenever you disagree with people. Right. It's depressing, but I see it happening all the time. Um and what frustrates me and what's really depressing for me is I don't know how to fix it. Because yeah. the only logical solution for me 
would be to have open dialogue with these people. Right. But the sad irony is that's not going to happen. No. That's true. It's it talking about needs to happen. Yeah. Can't be done. So it's just a matter. I mean, I, I don't know what we do. And what's really bad is this is an election year. Yeah. And we're all in the midst of a of a pandemic. So right now, everybody's already way yeah. on edge. Everybody's on the edge of their seats right now, and everybody's just so tense. And I've never seen anything like this. And then on top of everything else, you've got the tragic event that led to the death of George yeah. Floyd. And then you got that going yeah. on. I mean, right now, it's just I have never in my life... I've been alive for 22 years, and I can never remember a time where things just felt this tense. Yeah. And this and this divided and this just hateful. Right. And you know what's crazy? You know, I remember you and I, and uh, th- there was a guy on, uh, uh, on Fox Sports 1. I can't remember his name. He's on the Speak for Yourself show. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But he, fa- he faced a lot of flack. And you actually, you and I had this same criticism when we were talking about the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. Because um, you were talking about their mission statement. Yeah. Um, which, if anybody hasn't read the mission statement, it's about three pages long. Yeah. It's a very long mission statement. Eric and I saw one portion of that mission statement that we saw and we were both like wait a minute i don't know if, if i agree with yeah. this this is kind of, this kind of seems like something totally different than what you say you're fighting right. for but my my point for bringing that up is even that one little criticism of the movement is enough for people to call like, if a white person makes that criticism, you're a racist. If a black person makes that criticism, then you're an Uncle Tom. And it's or just a like, coon. That's what they really call us. That's what they really call us. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm thinking, so we just have to blindly support every movement and just take everything at face value? Right. And just say, okay, this is what the name of their organization is. And be, I mean, because I mean, let me say this. I feel like most people agree with what they're saying in terms of like black lives. Absolutely. Matter. Yeah. Yes. And I have. Now, maybe I need to talk to more people, but I haven't heard too many people try to defend the officer who killed George Floyd. I haven't heard of that. No, nobody um, is. No, because I mean, anyone that saw the video. Yeah. Uh, you know, as hard as that is to watch, anyone that hasn't seen it yet, basically, when the video starts, you've got one unarmed black man laying on the ground with handcuffs behind his back, and you've got four uh, armed police officers. So I I always say that because there's a 0% chance your life is in danger. Worst case scenario, George gets up and tries to run, 
but he's got handcuffs on. So what's he really gonna do? Yeah. Like, what is he? What is he actually gonna do at that point? Not to, not to um, mention all the conspiracy theorists who think George is still alive or whatever may have you. Or oh that, my God! The difference. or that or that it was a setup because of uh because they initially there's other video footage from across the street which is true where they did put him in the car but something happened in the car between then and there where they um where then they then pulled him out the car and then killed him on the curve and then afterwards the ambulance shows up and armed police officers get out instead of EMTs. That is true footage, but everyone's taking that as like, well, why did that happen? And blah, blah. I'm like, look, whether it conspiracy or not, true or not, it's still the result of what's happened is, you know, it's, it's still the same. And it, <laughs> it's un- it was unjustifiable, but... I mean, that that was just my take on But I bring that up because, I mean, it seems to me like most people agree when it comes to agreeing that what happened to George Floyd was wrong. And what's happened to a lot of these other people is wrong. And that police, that there is an issue of police brutality. I'm like, okay, yeah, we've seen it. That's that that is a legit problem. That's police it. harassment. Yeah, uh, lots of people get harassed by the cops. Okay, yes, that is, that's all yeah. legit. And I feel like people agree with about 90 percent of Black Lives Matter, but all of that just goes out the window when you critique that one little ten percent part of what they're saying <laughs> right. they want to do. Sneak in there, yeah. And I'm thinking. And I'm thinking, so because we disagree with that one little part, all of a sudden we don't care about George Floyd. We don't care about, we'll care about everything what that's happening. Right. I, I don't understand how that Me logic neither. works. And it's it's a very depressing reality to face when we talk about this because I, – <sighs> Man, I'm getting all tore up. My train of thoughts are going all over I, the place. I feel you, bro. It's it's a it's a tough conversation to have because even if you speak out against it or speak on it, you know what I'm saying? Two things could happen. One, people are going to immediately take notice and then be like, you know, and then they're going to get on your case about blah, blah, blah. And then two, uh, they may not. And then later on down the line, they may try to pull that same thing you said back up to try to use it against you or discredit you, which is the sad thing to me. And, you know, and I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm being real, bro. Like I'm like <laughs> a lot of, a lot of black folk out there, my, us especially got like read, you know what I'm saying? Like know everything before you just blatantly and blindly sign up to, to to you know to join something because you don't know what the meaning behind it is and like so that did shock me when i got text saying that oh read this and i'm like i went i I wasn't just no sheep i went to the website read the whole manifesto myself and then saw it for myself and i'm like this isn't right and then from there i'm seeing it bleed all into media into tv into movies into commercials and i'm like 
whoa, bro, this is this isn't right. They've mixed up our whole, you know, they've mixed up the whole thing with other agendas that are being pushed behind it that have nothing to do with black lives, with black lives, period. You know what I'm saying? And it's just it's a frustrating thing because nobody else is saying, I'm like, how do y'all not blatantly see what they're doing? You know, and <laughs> and it's just like it's crazy, bro. It's it's a minefield out there, honestly, especially on the Internet, because there's so much information, but misinformation more than anything, because a lot of people just take whatever they see and be like, oh, my God. And then they post that. And a lot of people go along with it and they don't cross reference anything. They don't go and check sources. They don't verify. And so there's a whole lot of misinformation going on where our generation, the young generation, you know, kids up to teenagers and young adults, you know, are just going along with it and are generally, to me, being misled by a lot. You know what I'm saying? Just generally being misled. And I and I hate to see it, bro. I hate to see it. It's and 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 let me ask you this, Evan. This this is gonna be a crazy question. We talked about freedom of speech, right? So how did it go from, you know, back like let's go back to the Obama, Romney, Obama, um, Obama, um, who did run McCain elections? Let's go back to those two, right? Nobody would have batted an eye at you. Nobody would have beat you up or jumped you if, and I'm just being real, nobody would have jumped you if you were like, you know what, I'm voting for, you know, McCain instead of Obama, or I'm voting for Mitt Romney instead of Obama, just speaking hypotheticals, you know, but majority of, you know, you know, Obama won that election simply, I wasn't even old enough to vote yet when he won, but he won that election because, you know, it was history, first black man in the office, right, awesome, okay, so how did you- well, it has a lot more to do with that too. I think it also was the fact that Barack Obama is probably, I would argue, he's like one of the top five greatest speakers that's ever been a president for America. Gifted speaker, that yeah. guy. Phenomenal. He was a, and looking back on his presidency, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Obama, we miss you," blah blah. You know, and I'm like, "Yeah, Obama was a smooth speaker. I didn't, I." I didn't agree with all of his policies, though, that he passed, but that's just me. But he was a smooth talker. He was a good speaker, and I can't deny him that. I can't deny that. And, um... But what was your question? Huh? Oh, the question. How did we go from that to nobody even batting an eye if you voted Republican or Democrat to now, you know, hypothetically, if you vote Trump, if you even... If you wear a MAGA hat, if you wear any merchandise supporting Trump and you're black, it you know, white people are, you know, white people are already casting enough flag, whether, you know, of course, the racists are going to catch flag either way because they're racist. But in general, even white people who support, you know, Trump or any other any other person, especially black people, you know, Whose freedom of speech or freedom of, you know, or right to voter support is really being suppressed now if people are afraid to to support their candidate in open public out of fear of how people might react? Because if I, I, me, me, if I go get a MAGA shirt right now and I go walk down the street or I take a picture and post it on Facebook, 
they're gonna hang me, bro. They're gonna they're gonna kill me. My own family, you know what I'm saying? Not my not my own family. I'm just saying in general, people are gonna be like, oh, you support Trump? You know what I'm saying? And they'll like just speaking hypothetics. They're they're gonna like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how did it get? How do we get to this point? You know what I'm saying? I w- I would say this. Um... Let me preface what I'm going to say by saying this. I, my view has always been, I'm not going. I I would never support beating someone up for giving their political views. Right. I would never. That, that's so messed up. Yeah. Um. I think it all changed whenever Donald Trump ran his candidacy the way he did. His his he is so unlike anything that we've ever seen before. He really is. When you look when you look at him, the way he talks, the way he says things, what he says, uh he has and he's always been this way in terms of he's always had this mentality of I don't care who I piss off. I'm gonna say whatever I wanna say, and you're either gonna take it or you're gonna leave it. But I'm gonna keep saying right. it. I don't care if it makes you yeah. mad. And that's been his attitude. And he has said a lot of things that have angered a lot of people. Um, And he said a lot of things that even I think, okay, that That was was a little bit bit too too far. far. Right. And we're at this point. I mean, people do hate Trump more than anyone else. And I do say that there's a great deal of it. Yes. You know, you got to blame a lot of the news media outlets for painting him as this monster. But I mean, I've got to give the blame all around. I have to give blame all around. And Trump has got some blame to face for some of the, from, for some of the reckless things he said during his candidacy, which have made people hate him so much. Uh, Like one example is whenever he made the comment um, about John McCain. You mentioned John McCain and him saying, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, John McCain was a, whether you agree with his policies or not, he was a Vietnam War vet who got captured and spent quite a while in the uh, uh, prisoner camps in Vietnam, yeah. which those were brutally harsh conditions. Yeah. Like terrible, terrible. Right. Like we can't even fathom how bad they were. Yeah. And Trump had the gall to sit up there and say that that man's not a hero and that he likes people that weren't captured. That's messed that up. Is, that's very messed up. And, and and that's just one comment on a long list of comments that he's right. made that make him very easy to hate. Yeah. And whenever people wear uh, MAGA shirts and all that, like I said, please don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting do not hit somebody with a wearing Trump gear. Nobody deserves no. that. No one deserves that. that's messed right. up. But I think when people look at the MAGA shirts and if all you've ever seen of Donald Trump is the negative, I could definitely see where seeing a MAGA shirt would piss you off. Yeah. Because if all you ever hear about Donald Trump is how racist and homophobic and sexy he is, and obviously, yeah, that's going to piss you yeah. off. But 
the main point that I keep coming back to is we've gotten to this place where, and I think college universities have played a huge role in this, of people just can't think freely anymore. They can't. Like people cannot think freely. It's depressing. And people, for whatever reason, have conflated somebody uh, disagreeing with you on something right. with personal attacks. Like, this person is attacking me. They are insulting me. Those are fighting words if you disagree with me. That's where we're yeah. at. Um. And there's a million reasons for that, but like I said, the main one is, is that people, uh, they just don't want to listen anymore. Yeah, and it's it's good. And people are incredibly uh, unwilling to change their mind on anything. Now, me, I'm somebody where I have what I believe. But I've changed my mind on stuff before because I'm man enough to admit what I've been through. Yeah, right. And that, and I carry, I, I carry that with me too as well, because you know I don't claim to know everything, but I do know that I'm not a sheep, and I research and do my own, and I'm willing to listen to anyone who has the knowledge and or expertise in a certain area, and if I'm wrong then I'm wrong. I'm like you said, I'm mad enough to admit when I'm wrong, but so many people have their pride, man. The pride is a killer for a lot of people because these people would never, ever want to be wrong. And then when they do get confronted with facts and they're proven wrong, they just resort to the name calling. They resort to calling you out your name, you know, talking about your mom or, you know, you know, whatever. And I'm like, Dude, you don't even know me on a personal level. We're talking over, like, Instagram. You don't even know me like that. So it's just funny, bro. It's hilarious how how that how that's, that's become the new civil discourse norm. And, and, as far, and to your point about people liking or not liking Trump, you know, that's definitely true. You know, the man it definitely says some stuff that makes me just want to, like, take my brain out of my head and put it on the table. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then again, who, what, what president has it, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it is what it is. And there's always two sides to that whole thing, but nobody ever looks at both sides of the coin. Once people latch on to something, that's it. That's all they know. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to want to hear anything else. They're not going to want to talk about anything else. And they take whatever they whatever they came to, they take it as fact. And I'm not seeing a lot of facts presented today, not in today's age, not over, you know, whether it be over movies, whether it be political, even, you know, I'm just not seeing it, bro. And that's what, that's what scares me. You know, that's just, that's a very scary thing when, you know, things have become so hostile now that you can't even think freely. If you have a thought and you express it, <laughs> man, they'll cancel you. They'll try to like cancel. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but like what really pissed me off today <clears throat> that led me to this conversation was like, even before I got ready to do the show, 
I saw on Twitter um, and I, I looked it up about kindergarten cop being shown at a Portland drive-in theater. And they took the movie out of the theater because there were complaints that the movie shows uh, that the movie glorifies over policing. And I'm like, how do you take one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's staple films and turn it into a political statement about over over policing when the guy was simply a cop who's looking after kids in kindergarten? How do you like and I'm like, bro. And I and then immediately after that, I tweeted, I'm like, bro, it's going to get to a point where if anything offends anybody, they're going to cancel it and take it out while still yet shoving and promoting their own agenda down everyone's throats. And I'm like, that's where we've gotten to today. Honestly, that's what really pisses me well, off. And, and that's how come Dave Chappelle became one of my new all time favorite comedians is because he was really a light in a very dark place when it comes to this whole freedom right. of speech thing. I don't know if anybody out there knows about what Dave Chappelle did, uh, or I don't know if you live under a rock and don't know who Dave Chappelle is. <laughs> I'll give this real quick explanation. He's a man who made, in what my opinion, is the all-time funniest uh, comedy sketch show that I've ever seen. All due respect to Key and Peele. Those two guys are funny as hell, yeah. too. But, man, the Chappelle show is just – that's another level of funny. The Clayton Bigsby sketch, everything else. Like, it is classic. Make me bust a yeah. gut. But he um, he left comedy for a decade because Comedy Central offered him this the, – the biggest contract they've ever offered anybody to do a show. Yeah. More so than what they pay – uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the creators of South yeah. Park. They offered him this contract, but he turned it down. Why? Because they said, well, if you're going to do this show, you can't make jokes about this, this, or this anymore, so you'll have to change up your show. Style. Right. And Dave Chappelle said, well, nice doing business with you. Yeah. And left. left. Yeah. He walked away. And then he came back. And now he's doing stand-up again, and his, uh, one of his first stand-ups back was this legendary uh, stand-up called Sticks and Stones. I don't know if you've watched it yet. Um, it's hilarious. No, I haven't watched it yet. I watched the um, the other one he did, the one that had everybody talking. That was the one I did watch, though. That was Sticks and Stones, the one where he's in, like, the green suit. No, <clears throat> uh-uh. It was... Um... I forgot what it was called. It was eight forty. Well, Sticks and Stones was the big was the big one, and the reason it was so big is because all the critics had gave it a zero percent. Yeah, and they were saying the sitting they it, it's not funny, it's transphobic. But you know what's ironic? It was the number one most watched stand up on Netflix, or the most watched anything on Netflix for like a yeah. month. And the fan scores on all of it were like 90% plus. And if that don't tell you everything, I don't know what will. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my, my whole view on all this is I don't understand how we got to the place of, I mean, 
I guess people have always been offended to a certain degree, but it's at a, it just hits a lot differently now. Yeah. Like it's all, it's everything. Right. Nobody can be quite, and I've always found this is what's so mind boggling to me is that it's been my experience and, and the instances wherever I've convinced somebody that, that what I'm saying is right or that my opinion or at least explain to them and give them a good reason why I believe what I believe. So they walk away thinking, okay, all that made sense and I can get down with that. Whenever that's happened, I did that by letting them ask me questions so I could answer the questions. And we had that discussion and I asked them questions. Nobody got their voice. It was just, here's what I think. Here's what they think. Here's why they think that here's why they don't think how I do. And here's why I don't think the way they do. And then, but it's never happened with name calling. And I'm thinking if you, if you think that name calling is going to change anyone's mind, you're sorely mistaken. Yeah. Cause that's kindergarten, but I want to get speaking to kindergarten. I want to get back to your point about, kindergarten cop uh because what the actual hell i don't know bro i mean i mean behind that was what i would that's what i really that's what i meant when i asked you in one of the other podcasts or i think we were having a combo uh elsewhere when i asked when i told you i'm like i really think the future of creativity and theater let alone movies or anything may be at stake because I'm like, they will cancel anything for any reason that may offend them. And 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 to the, to the audience, you know, as I said, I'm being neutral in this thing, not coming at it from a right or left side. But looking at it from a neutral standpoint, a lot of these complaints are coming from the left, so to speak, if, if we're talking politically. And I'm like, bro, y'all gonna, y'all gonna, bro like PC culture, literally y'all are going to like anything that like, bruh, <laughs> like it's just going to get to that point where everything is going to be like fact check. You're going to have movie directors or writers shaking in their boots before they even write down the first word of a script because they don't want to say anything that's going to offend anybody. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, present anything that's going to offend anybody. But yet, if you dare question the agendas that are being pushed behind the scenes, they're going to look at you like, you know, and label you, you know, transphobic, homophobic. Oh, you're a cop supporter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And that's the dilemma that that I was that I meant behind that statement. But go ahead. I just had to interject that. And this is what I've noticed, too, is that. People now are not interested. It seems to me like whenever there's a problem, like you take the the issue we're having with police brutality, people aren't saying that that doesn't exist. And I mean, I'll say this, but I mean, I feel like there's got to be some vast middle ground between people always sticking up for the cops and denying that police brutality exists versus what they're talking about doing in Minneapolis, which is just getting rid of the police department altogether. 
Like, like there's got to be some middle ground there. Yeah. Because that's two polar ends of the of what we're like. That's like there's a Grand Canyon between right. those two, and somewhere in the middle, there's got to be the right, right answer. But people aren't interested in looking for the Grand Canyon. They they're not interested. Oh, dude, here's a great analogy I just thought of with that whole Grand Canyon theory. So people would much rather just stand on either end of that Grand Canyon and scream at each other and tell the other side how awful they are instead of actually working together to build that bridge and find that middle ground. Meeting each other. Because building that bridge is... Yeah, because building that bridge is a lot tougher than just standing on either side and screaming. Exactly. That's true. I mean, and it's depressing. It's depressing, like we keep saying, but... That's just what it is. Yeah, that's true, and and like like I said, man, I'm I'm willing to listen to anyone who wants to express, but like if you don't meet me in the middle, you know what I'm saying, and give me something to work with, we'll never get anything done. We'll never get anything accomplished. Whether you fall on the the right side of the politics or the left side, we're not gonna get anything done unless we both don't meet in the middle and make civil discourse possible again. You know what I'm saying? Unless we make it possible. And that's, and that's the C word that nobody wants to talk about. Compromise. compromise. Nobody, nobody wants to do that anymore. I don't know when compromise became a bad right. thing, but if you throughout history everything that this country ever signed into agreement was done after tons of discussion about it to make sure they get it right you know one side come at it and said let's do this and then the other side would say no let's do this but then it became okay here's what we'll do we'll take this piece of what you're saying and we're going to combine it with this piece of what they're saying and we're going to put them together and we're going to make everybody as happy as we can. Right. But now it's more like it's, it's all or nothing. It is all or nothing. And as a result, nothing gets done. Right. Because no one's willing to meet in the middle and say, well, let's try it this way. No one's interested in that. Yeah. People would just rather vilify the other side. Yeah. As sad as that is. That's true, man. And and I really think, like, the like it's all in the media. During, during our final 10 minutes, we got 10 minutes left on the cast. Um, I really think that this medium that we're in, whether it be social media or the news, what kind of world am I living in if I can't even depend on the news to tell me the truth in, in some form of extent? Because it's either one's very... Uh, far left or one's very far right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, where's the unbiased truth at? Give me both, like, where's that at? And I can't find it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't find it. And we've seen the slip-ups of those mistakes happen, especially with with the news, too. You know, during the uh, BLM movement, the CNN building in Atlanta got attacked and almost got, whew, it was rough because CNN had posted something, I forgot what it was, concerning George Floyd. That was a very misleading title, a very misleading uh, uh, statement. 
and it ticks so many people off, bro. It ticks so many people off. And I was like, okay. So you see what happens when you spread misinformation. Like, so I'm I'm like, where do I find the truth at concerning anything anymore? I know I can't go to to the internet because it's just full of morons who, you know, can't even have civil discussion anymore. So that's dead, pretty much. Um and like, you know, Hollywood already has the most influence over anything. Hollywood and the music industry, the film industry. All of that, you could kind of already particularly say is majority, you know, more of a liberal type thing. You know, I'm not going to I'm not turning into one of those who oh the Hollywood liberal elites. But I can definitely see I can definitely see the part where, okay Hollywood is a lot more to the left more than anything, because they. Yeah, I just see it. I can see that. (laughs) But yeah, that's, I don't know, man. It's weird, bro. It's weird because, and I hate, and, and it's written, and oh, that's, I'm I'm generally concerned of, like, generally concerned for the future of storytelling and entertainment because I don't think anyone will be able to do a raw, pure story, you know, if people keep getting blatantly offended over nothing and canceling it or and or having it canceled. Like, some kid lost his job on a show because the script required him to be in a relationship, be in a relationship with a, a, a transgender character. And he did not agree with that at all. He just, he wasn't feeling that. And they fired him for it, possibly costing that kid any other opportunity in Hollywood. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Possibly costing him a career because he didn't go along with the, the the so-called script he didn't go along with the so-called agenda so to speak and i'm like dang that right there you know even though we took theater class together i was thinking about that the whole time i'm like what if i get to hollywood and there's a role they want me to play that i don't necessarily agree with and then they cancel my whole career you know what i'm saying and not a director or studio in town to want to work with me because i disagree with somebody on something i'm like Dude, that's a scary, scary prospect when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have any thoughts on that? It's just sad um, that we live in that age where cancel culture is very real. Political correctness culture is very real. Um And what's always blown my mind is the hypocrisy around it. Because I told you on one podcast, for all the bragging that the SJWs do about being open-minded and tolerant, they are anything but that when it comes to people who may disagree with them. They are the the most closed-minded people on the planet because they've convinced... And here's... I think this is what it all boils down to, is that they firmly believe that they have the moral high ground mm. and since they have and since they have the moral high ground you are since you disagree morally inferior to them yeah. and since you are morally inferior to them all insults they hurl your way are justified yeah. because you're the bad person right. not them 
you're the bad person because you disagree with what they're saying. Now, obviously, the logic there is remarkably flawed. Yeah. But that is the logic. That's um, true. And like I said, the, the, the thing about this podcast or the thing about this that is most disappointing is the fact that, you know, I don't know how to fix yeah. it. Mostly because the one way to fix it that I can think of, or the only way I can think of to fix it, can't be right. done. Because it is having serious conversations. But there's so many people out there who are so close-minded, they don't want that conversation. No. They would rather not have that conversation. They want to keep believing that they have the moral high yeah. ground. That's... And, and that's just... I have nothing to add past that. That's just the reality. That's true. Well, that concludes our hour. Appreciate you, bro, for this time of civil discourse. Take notes, people. If you listen to the podcast, that's how you have civil discourse. Whether you both agree with each other or whether you both disagree with each other, that's how you have a conversation around political standpoints or anything at all, even if it's just a movie. That's how you have a conversation. As a matter of fact, go back and listen to the last 120-something episodes where I have had a guest on or me and Evan have had a guest on, and you'll see how to have a conversation, period. How about that for starters? Take notes. Grab a notebook. Learn something in your life for once. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you, Evan. All right. This is Jay House Podcast Radio. You guys have a blessed one. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.